night that has, it has um, started out. And I made a joke before I left the house. I went to print what I was, my sermon tonight. I went to print it. And I thought, walking out the door, I go, you know, I need to number these pages in case I drop it. So I went and I numbered the pages. I go up and I, and as I left the house, I made a joke to my wife. Hey, you know, it'd be funnier than heck if I better make sure I have all my pages. I didn't, I didn't leave any at the house. Sure enough, I show up in truck. I get here at the church and I'm like, I'm missing three pages. <laughs> oh, so I had to run back and get my, and get, and, and print it on a, on a computer back there. But did everyone, did everyone get a, uh, when they came in, did everyone get a little a green, green or red coaster? I can't, I can't tell which color they are, but I don't see green and I don't see red, but that's what the color they're supposed to be. Did anyone not get one? Everyone got one? No? Okay. I'll have to... Oh, there we go. Okay. I want to explain what these are, actually. Um, I have mine right here. Um, but these are actually a, uh, a place, they, they're actually a, a coaster for a place called Fogo de, Cha, Fogo de Cho. Okay? No, they call it Chow because they serve Chow, but it's not, it's Fogo de Cho. I was, when I went there this week to pick up these coasters, um, the guy told me. The first time I went there, probably about, though, 10, 12 years ago when I went, I remember walking in and just being in amazed. And, and what, these, what these things do is everyone's got one on the table. You go in and they sit down. And this is a place here that has, um, even if you're a vegetarian, you will love this place. When I first went there about 10, 12 years ago, the salad bar was about 25 feet long. Um, in fact, when I went in this, when I went in this time, I asked him, I said, well, as I was waiting for them to grab me these coasters, I walked in and I said, the salad bar looks smaller. And it's been a long time since I was here. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes when you don't see things for a while, things look small. Like when you're a little kid, you see things now and things don't look as big as they did. And he says, absolutely not. The thing we have now is we had to shorten our salad bar because people mostly eat meat when they come here. And we had this 25 foot salad bar and it was taking up room for tables. And so we shortened our salad bar. And so anyways, what these do is these, when you are, when you first sit down, it's on red. And then what happens is all of a sudden you're sitting down in this place that smells wonderful. And then you flip it over to green. Okay. And when you flip it to green, something happens. Angels from heaven sing. Okay? If you've never been there, there is this loud, that, that just comes from the heavens when you flip this thing green. And what happens is, is they, they start bringing skewers of meat to you. Skewers, skewers. There's pork, there's chicken, there's five different kinds of steaks. And they don't stop. We actually, about, oh, six weeks ago, a bunch of us men went, and I think all of us, I think we nailed them to the table, green. And whoever pulled the nail out first was the one that had to pay the bill. So, but um, anyways, we, uh, I want to let you guys know, we're, I'm going to talk about these in a few minutes, but I want to, uh, I'm going to explain to you tonight a, uh, an ah, God, ah God moment that I've had, okay? Um, and what I mean that is I've got like five or six things in my life that I've had happen to me or I've gone through where I call them, ah God, because it was God and, it, and I could just feel it was God and it, it changed my life. One of the times made all the difference in the world, my family, my lineage of my family, everything was, oh, 25 years ago. I know this is hard to believe people who know me now, but I hated tithing. I hated it with a passion. I, I, would, I would sit there in church, and I was raised in church, and I would sit there once I was old enough to give, and the minute the pastor mentioned it was time to give, my toes would go like this in my shoes. 
I just couldn't stand it. And one day I was at church and Jesse DePlanis happened to be there. And they did the offering and my toes curled and I'm like, you know, this pastor, this place is big enough. They don't every single time they pound this into us. And I was raised in church. So I've heard thousands and thousands of sermons of how to tithe. Jesse DePlanis comes out. Of, there was probably 1,500 people in this room. And he says to me, or he says to everyone in the room, he says, we need to stop. He started his sermon. He takes a halt. And he says, God's telling me we need to take another offering. And I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> he goes, pastor doesn't know anything about this, but God's telling me we need to take another offering. And I'm t- he said, I'm listening to him the second time, this second offering, and all of a sudden, it was one of those ah God moments. I remember all of a sudden it clicked and everything, it was just like, oh, God, man, what, what have I been doing? And since then, my life has been absolutely, absolutely changed tremendously, okay? Um, but that is one of my, another one of my ah God moments. Um, the sermon I'm going to give you, the sermon I want to preach tonight is preparing for more than you can imagine. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you guys about preparation and preparing. Um, are there any people in here? I don't know if I'm going to ask, but are there any people in here that are already done with their Christmas shopping? Please tell me there's no one in here. No? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure you are, Elder Paul. <laughs> Anyways, um, about, oh, about three months ago, I was sitting in the service in here, and Pastor Barb was up here preaching. And you guys know the banner that we've had behind us for the last this year. And um, all of a sudden, I'm, she's preaching, and I'm listening, and I'm, in, I'm listening and looking at her. And then all of a sudden, I see the thing behind her pops up. Um, the it says, "It's not what we're praying. It's not just what we're praying for. It's what we're preparing for." And this pops up behind me, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of, why am I taking my focus off her of something I've seen six million times flash, and, you know, I know so okay. So a couple weeks later, Pastor Paul is preaching, and he mentions the word prepare in his message. And normally, it was, it was of the 10,000 words he might have said that, that, that happened, that sermon, or whatever many words he spoke, that stuck with me again. And then a couple weeks ago, my wife preached, and she mentioned the word prepare. And I'm like, okay. So that night she comes home, and I'm thinking, I told her, I said, you know, I, Ginger, there's something going on. Because every time I hear the word prepare or preparing, something rattles in me. It's like, it, like, like you're stuck in gum. It, I have to stop and think, oh, that word. I, I forget the words before it. I forget the words after it. But I remember the word prepare. And so I said, you know, I, it's something, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I'm, there's something I'm supposed to prepare for. Maybe there's something I'm supposed to preach. Maybe there's some, but there's something rattling my cage. Whenever I hear the word, all I can do is think about that. So anyways, I, I thought I would start praying and praying and praying about it. And, but I couldn't figure out, no matter what I did, I couldn't figure out why. So I thought, you know, I'll start studying the word, break these things down. I'm trying to figure out what this means. And it means the same thing I thought it meant before I studied. I started reading the Bible. I go back to the back of it. I want to know everything that says prepare in it. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. Nothing to me. Absolutely nothing comes to me. The only thing that keeps coming to me is one of my favorite, one of my favorite verses. And that's Ephesians 3.20. And it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask and we can imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And to be honest with you, that has always been kind of my, my, uh, my verse. Because when it says immeasurable, that means you can't measure it. And I've always considered myself, and I and I'm not, I'm not, don't want to sound proud or anything, no difference when you were a kid and you were in school, even though you didn't win the race, I always thought I was the fastest kid in the school, and I, never, I don't think I ever won one of the races. But to me, I was always the fastest kid in the school, okay? So when I say to you guys that 
I have always, I have always considered this sermon in mind to me, for me, because you can't measure it. And, and I am blessed with things that I can't even measure. I have an incredible wife. I have an incredible family, incredible kids. I have, I have my parents are here tonight and I still have them here tonight. Um, and, and I have a great business, a great life. I have some of the most incredible friends in my entire world. I have my brothers, I have, I'm mean, my brother, I have, I'm just blessed. And to me, I am the most blessed man in this room. Because I've always looked at this and thought, wow, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm the, even though I didn't win the race in school, I, you couldn't measure, I would look at any one of you and say, my wife is better than yours. My parents are better than yours. My life is better than yours. Because it's, because it's me. It's, 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 it's my race. And even though I didn't win it, that's what I think about when, when I heard that. So, so this was always me. So I, I thought to myself, I thought, you know, I'm going to start taking this. That's what kept coming into my head. So I thought, you know, I want to figure out how this applies to me. So I thought, well, I'll go to YouTube. Because I need to find something. Why is this doing why is this sticking in my mind so i go up and i i found out that in 2019 um now pastors had done it before but since 2019 started and pastor barb got that those words that we put up here and these are the words for our year i noticed there's a trend of a lot of pastors speaking there's really incredible men of god and women of god uh a pastor named Bill Johnson has done two or three sermons. Uh, Stephen Furtick has done two or three sermons this year. Um, a, Jan, a man named Francis Chan, Joyce Myers. A lot of pastors. So, so I'm listening just going, well, that's, you know, everyone's speaking about it. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool because our pastor Barb is on the same lane, the same highway that all these other incredible men and women of God are at, but all of them are preaching this. And I'm, and I'm thinking, all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm listening to some of their sermons and I go, wow, hang on a second. I got it, man. This is for me. This isn't for a sermon. This is not supposed to be for a sermon. I'm thinking this is for me. And I thought, well, every time I seem to get up here and, and talk to you guys, I always seem to get more out of it. So I realized, well, okay, maybe this is a sermon for me. I am not generally the sharpest Crayola in the box, okay? But it took me a little while, but I figured this is not only for me that maybe I could share this with you guys. The reason I made that joke is because Pastor Paul hammers me because I, to me, it's a crown, okay? But, but Pastor Paul, whatever I say, crown, crown, um, it's a Crayola, I guess. But so that, that was why... Crayon. Okay. 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 Well, anyways, um, I had been, uh, what, what I realized though is by realizing that preparing is, is something that I've been in myself is something that I thought I was doing a really good job at. And I thought, now remember, in my head, I am the most blessed man in my house, my home, and in this room tonight, in my own mind. But I thought, you know, I've had some things delayed this year. I've, if this is my verse, and this is meant for me, I always took immeasurable and, and didn't lose the rest of the stuff, but, but it, for me, my life was you couldn't measure it. But I never thought, I, I never read into it in my life, immeasurable more than all we ask and we can imagine. And so it hit me that if that's true, the word is true to everything, that I have only received in my life what I can imagine, what I've prayed for. And to be honest with you, I thought to myself, you know, I am praise God and I thank God when, when things are one step above what I expected or what I prayed for. 
and I thank God. And, and, and that's been my life. That's, that's been, I think that's why I'm so blessed. But it made me realize by reading this is that what I expect and what I, or what I ask for and what I imagine, it's what I imagine. It's more than I can imagine. And I think I've been doing this like low-level prayer in my life. Because I've been praying and I get all excited when God does something incredible in my life. But to be honest with you, it's been like one step. It's never been more than I can imagine. And I realize that that's not God's word what I've been praying for. It's not God's word that, that, that I only, I jump up, that, that I'm all excited when he gives me what I expected or what I prayed for. And, and, and that has been great in my life. That's got me through. But, but all of a sudden, preparing, 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 preparations into me. And so it made me realize that I need to, God wants to give me way more than that. And I think that the, some of the people in this room have been sitting around and waiting to get their more than they can imagine. But we've been in this mindset for so long that we're excited. We, we praise God and thank God when we get what we expected or what we one step above that. Where is the part that more than we asked or what we can imagine? And so I, um, I really think that with in, in my, my life in this time, I think that this is a season. This is a season that we need to prepare. We need to prepare not for one level above, okay? We have all these incredible men of God and, and the women of God here that have put the word in front of us and put the word and, and take this and we need to prepare. And, and what are we preparing for? I'm preparing and have been preparing up to now for one step better than that he's given me. That's not God's word. And I think we've all gotten the mindset of doing that. In fact, it's this is the season. 2020, I do not want to be sitting here in a different t-shirt in the same place in my life. I'm not going to do that. This is, a not, this is not where any one of us, I believe that none of us are going to be this way next year. We need to start preparing. I, I think that this is a season for preparing because other men of God, other women of God have gotten that word and that vision and they talk about this being the season to prepare. You know? And we've always taken it as, to be honest with you, I've taken it, we need to prepare to, in case, I need to be prepared to have a sermon in case I need to preach one. I need to be prepared to, in case someone walks with me not saved, I need to prepare, I'm in that mindset that I can see that. I need to be prepared for this, but that's in my own personal life. There is seasons that we've had, and I know that in 2002, there was a season, okay? There was a season for Apple. Apple ended up selling shares in 2002. Thank you. And when they ended up selling their shares, if you had bought $100 worth of Apple stock in 2002, it would be worth $95,000 right now because that was the season, that was the time to do something. If in 2010, this one will scare you. In 2010, Bitcoin was selling for six cents. Okay? If you had spent $100 in Bitcoins, it is worth $7 million. Okay? I have a friend that came up to me in 2005, and he had about 15 real estate properties. And in 2005 is when the market was going up and up and up and up. And he had been buying these since the 80s. And he said, you know, I, these houses are worth five and ten times that I, what I paid for them. So I'm going to start selling them. Matt, this is the season to sell. This is the time to sell. And he ended up selling those. Ended up making about $4 million. Okay. And five years later... He ended up taking his $4 million when the economy crashed and was at the lowest. He ended up, Matt, now is the season to buy. And he ended up taking that money, $3 million of it, investing it back into real estate when it was at the bottom because that was the season. That was the time. 
So I believe now is the time for Christians to start preparing for more than you can imagine, for more than you ask for. Um, I decided that my family, I am not going to be the same. This is, this is not going to be another year where one year, I've been blessed beyond belief. I am not complaining. It's not a complaint. I, I do not want to be blessed one time, one step above next year. 2020 has something for Christians that is 10 times, 20 times. It's not, it's not one time better than, than, than 2019. But, but we need to prepare for that. Okay? I actually, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I went to the bank. I opened a savings account. Okay? I opened a savings account because I am believing that is an account I have that I am going to do nothing. My family is going to do nothing but put money into that money is going to go into that account, and I'm going to do nothing with that account other than give money away from that account. Nothing but give money away. And I'm believing, I don't know how many zeros are going to be in that, but it's more than I can imagine. If, but that's, I'm preparing for that. We don't need to just pray here because we're, we're here. We don't need to pray here. We need to pray further than where we are. We need to believe further than we are. I have, my wife will tell you this, six weeks ago this hit me. I called her up and I said, you know, honey, I, I want to be, I want to go to unimaginable relationship with my wife. I have an incredible marriage. Absolutely incredible. But I want to go to an incredible place with my wife, deeper than I ever have and more than I want to. So I decided, I called her up and I said, honey, I want to buy tickets to a, a show, a Broadway show. Now, that's not me, but that's something I would have done. That's something I would have done when I was dating her and wooing her. And I, I told her, I said, I want, I want to buy tickets. She goes, okay. It, and, and it's not, but I, I want my relationship with her to go to another level. I want my relationship with my family I want my relationship with God to be closer than I can ever imagine. More than I've read of these heroes in the Bible. I want my relationship with God to be more. And so I realized that, okay, you're getting up a little bit earlier than you normally do. You're gonna, and I get up at like 4 o'clock anyways. But I pray in the morning before I go to work or I pray on the way to work when I'm driving. And, and I've learned that, you know, I... I I'm putting in more time to this than I have before. Than praying, normally I have some good alone time when I'm coming home. But I pray, I, I'm praying more than I ever did. Why? Because I want my relationship to be what, what as Christians it is supposed to be. It, our lives are not supposed to be one step better than they were last year. I ask people, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay, I'm great. Oh, you got a job? Oh, yeah, I'm working now. And, but, but that's because our mindset is, it's one step better than what it was. And so I have, uh, I have also decided that this church is not going to be one level higher than next year. It's not going to be. Pastor Barb spoke in a meeting we had the other day and sees, has seen the new church. She has seen a place where God is speaking and God is going to take us to. And I am believing God is past already where we're at. He is at a building for this church that we can't even imagine. And so what I'm saying is, is that preparation for us as Christians is going to be absolutely, absolutely essential for us having breakthrough in our lives changing our lives, making sure that next year we're not in the same place again, just different shirt, nicer shirt, kids a little better, uh, um, I'm driving a nicer car, it's one year newer, whatever it is. And I know I, I have been, um, the other thing that was in my heart was that I realized is that sometimes I'm waiting for God. I pray for this. I pray for my business to do better, blessing for my kids, or 
or for or you guys. And I find myself waiting for it. And I think the thing is, is God is telling me that he's waiting on me. We're not, I'm, I've been waiting on him and, and waiting for these things to happen. And, and how many people in this room have had something delayed this year? Not that you haven't got it, but how many people have had something delayed this year? Okay, no more delays. Can you say no more delays? No more delays. No more. 2020 is not going to be the same as it was last year. Um, hang on, let me just get a drink here real quick. Hang on just a second. I swallowed a bug a little while ago, so hold on. I was walking outside a few minutes ago, and I walked outside thinking, I was doing something, I walked outside, and I walked with Joseph, and all of a sudden I, or Jeff, and I sucked in this bug. And so my throat's been bothering me ever since tonight. Um, so, um, but I think that God can only do that when, we've, when we have prepared for it. He's not going to give us, he's not going to give someone his wife if he's not prepared for it. He's not going to give someone finances if he's not prepared for it. Okay? And so I want to read a, a verse to you. Uh, uh, 2 Kings 4 it says, The man of a wife from the company of a prophet cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. As Elijah said, go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars, don't ask for a few, then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour the oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put, one, put them aside. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is, no, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, sell the oil, pay your debts, and your sons can live on what is left over. Now, if this was a Verizon commercial, I would throw the mic down and let it drop. Okay, because, because you can't listen to this, okay? He told her, don't just borrow a few, okay? But the minute she ran out of what she was prepared for, what happened? The oil stopped pouring. Okay? And so I want to give you guys, if we're going to be set up to work on preparing, preparing, getting, getting a church as a body, preparing for things in our lives and preparing for this church, there's some things I want to help you with. It says here, the man or the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know he revered the Lord. But his creditors are, is coming to take my boys as his slaves. Now, I know some of you guys are thinking, boy, I wish creditors would probably do that now, right? Maybe. <laughs> and, then, and then some of you, I'm sure some of you that are very holy probably do not believe that or have not even thought that when I read it. But, but one of the things I want to say is when she went to this guy. Now, this is a woman, husband is dead. Back then, the only identity you had was your husband. You really almost didn't even have a name. I mean, they, they get, you had a name that you were born with, but you had, your husband is dead. You now have to do everything, and you're pretty much powerless. You don't have a voice. You don't have a name, and you, and you have no money. Things are absolutely horrible, and your kids are getting to go by. Now, I was raised by a single mom, okay? Things were bad. No one, now there's probably times that she wished the creditors would take the kids away too. I'm, I'm absolutely positive that of Jeff and I. 
But, but this woman had gone through everything in her life, and I'm sure she fought before she came to him. It wasn't her husband died and she went to him. I don't believe it. I believe she struggled. It was humiliating to go there. It was probably embarrassing to go there. It was probably... It probably was when she went to him, it's what we need to do. We need to go to God. Tonight, I'm going to ask you guys to think about some of those things in your life. When I spoke to you, and I was speaking about family or finances, there's something that popped in your head. There's something that you don't want, that you've been praying and believing for something. And maybe it took a step better last year. Okay? But... But there is, when we go to God, not only do we go to him with humiliation and humble ourselves to him, but but it's important that we let him know where we're at. This lady went and says, my husband's dead. And I'm, I'm amazed because it says, your servant. I think the reason she said your servant is because she wanted money. So she said, your servant, not necessarily my husband, but your servant my husband, but your servant, my husband is dead. She went to him wanting money, but it was hard, horribly, horribly hard, I'm sure, to go to him. But she had to go to him and let him know where she's at. Because in order for you or me or this church to go from here to where we can't imagine, we're asking God to take us somewhere. We cannot. We need to go to God and tell him where we're at. Because he'll meet us where we're at. But if I happen to tell him that I'm over here, and oh, I am just, I'm the best prayer warrior there is, but I, I honk at everyone when I drive down the road... I give the wave, the one finger wave at everyone when I'm not at church. But if I go to God and I go to pray to God and I say, God, I'm here. Please, God, please, I need you to take me to that next level. But God is over here because he, he knows where we're at. The problem is we need to humiliate ourselves, humble ourselves, and we need to go be real. Be where it's embarrassing Go to God and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Because God is not going to, God is not going to take us somewhere. If I put in a GPS, if I want to get to Colorado right now, but I change on the map, on the GPS machine where I'm at, then am I ever going to get there? I'm not. Or I'm going to get there maybe... In a hundred years from now, I'm going to get there. It's the same thing. We, we need to, as a body and as personal levels and, and our walk with God, we need to let him know and be honest where we're at. We need to, um, the only way he's going to get us from A to H or Z is where we want to be is if we're honest where we're at with him, like this lady did. Um, the blessings that I want, and I want to say this, it's been heavy on my heart probably the last five, six weeks. I know we have men and women in this church that are business owners and don't own businesses. I go up to them and I feel that. I feel that there's people in this church body that have a book to write or an app to write. But, but instead, we've been... Telling God, please, God, please, I'll be okay with just one more step, God. Just give me one thing better than you gave me last year. You know? We need to, we need to get to a point where these business owners in this room that don't have a business yet, these people write books, you need to, we need to step out. We need to believe. I'm not sure exactly what it is God will put in your heart to do. I mean, I opened a savings account for money I don't even have. Okay? But you guys need to, we need to realize that, that in order to get there, in order to open that business, if God walked up to you right now, one of you in this room, Chad, I don't, that's, I'm not saying about you, but he walked up to you today and says, Chad, I'm going to give you a business right now. 
I'm going to give you your business. Are you prepared for the business? Have you been preparing and praying for the business? And I don't know that that's what you want. But what I'm saying is, if I walked up to, I don't know, Pastor Barb, if I walked up to you right now and said, I'm going to pay your car off if you owe money on it. Can you tell me, I'm going to write a check, one check only, one chance only. Tell me to the dollar what you owe on that car and I'll write it right now. If God was going to do that, are we prepared for that? That's the kind of things I'm talking about. We need to be prepared for that. Business owners in this room that don't have business yet, start seeding, preparing, praying for that. People in this room that, there's people in this place that want a wife or a husband. Are you prepared for your wife and husband? If God walked up to you today and looked at your Facebook page, are you prepared to let your husband, who God has for you, see that? Okay. <laughs> um, are you prepared for your relationship with God? Are, and be honest with you, I'm a pastor in this church. Our meetings, we get together every Sunday morning most of the time. We have a, a board. We talk about preparing for this church. The next couple of weeks, I want to start preparing for 1,500 people. I want this to be a church preparing so that when... I don't find out that God knocks on our door, 100, 500 people walk in our door next Sunday, and we're not prepared for that. We need to start preparing for these things. It says, um, what page am I on here? Here we go. Um, I just think we need, to, we need to change our mindset. We need to start praying and seeing exactly how we, how we prepare for that app, how we prepare for our family to go to that another level. How we prepare for our, our relation, our health. I'm actually, Pastor Paul, I'm going to say this for you. I'm actually preparing for my health. I've got, I've got something special I can't tell the kids about. But, but I have been trying to eat right. I've been trying to eat right. I even tried some kabajuba or something, whatever that, in a bottle. Kabajuba? Okay, I tried it. I, I, I've, for the last three weeks, I've been eating well. Green things, salads, broccoli, all kinds of stuff like that. But I thought, Friday I went to the store, and I thought, I see Joseph with this thing all the time, this kabuchi or whatever it is. And I said, I'm going to buy one of those. So I'm looking at all these names, and I'm thinking, I'm definitely not going with something called Sweet Sunshine or, or, or Happy Something or another. I thought, i got to go with something, at least I know what it is, because I'm going to get some. So this thing said watermelon strawberry. And I thought, heck yeah. Okay, if I'm going to do, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to get this. So I'm, I get it, I buy it, I go out to my truck, I'm, I'm sitting in front of Safeway and I say, okay, man, it's nice and cold. Shake it up, I'm seeing these things float around in it. And I'm going, oh my, okay. I'm thinking, well, Pastor Paul, I'm crossing the line. I'm going where I never thought I'd go. But Joseph's been looking really healthy. I, I, I'm preparing. I'm preparing to do this. So I take a big swig of this. And I thought I had a mouthful of worms, okay? <laughs> Was the worst thing. I leaned out of this truck. I couldn't open the door fast enough. Thank heaven I wasn't driving. And I almost puked. I don't know how you... It's slimy. I mean, I don't know how you drink... It was the, anyways, I didn't, I, I haven't gone that far. I, I attempted it, but, but I'm not that holier. I'm not sure what it is, but that's, oh, that stuff was just terrified me. Okay. Next thing is, Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, tell me, what do you have in your house? I'm here to tell you, if you humble yourself and you're truthful, okay, you're brutally honest. You humble yourself. You go to God. You humble yourself, and you're truthful. God will help you. He will. Okay? So I think it's right here. It says, Elijah, this is, this is God to me most of the time. I'm driving down the road, and I'm thinking, God, you know, I really, I need you to, because in my old head, I, I play the victim sometimes. I don't realize I'm driving down the road, and I may have didn't realize I cut this person off. Why is he giving me this weird finger? Lord, would you please let me not get mad at this person over here? Please let people be kinder on the highway to me, you know? 
I don't know why. And so I, 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 I'm why this guy's so angry next to me. So I pray for these things. And, I, and, I, and God all of a sudden convicted me when I'm praying, what's in your house? We need to be honest where we're at and humble. But what's going to happen is, remember, he's going to help us if we're humble and if we're honest where we're at. The problem is, is that Elijah immediately said to her, how can I help? Absolutely immediately. It doesn't doesn't say anything other than that. It just says, Elijah replied to her when she was done, how can I help you? And I think God does that to us. God is listening. But what he does with me, and I don't know what he does with anyone else, what's in your house? Sometimes that, uh, sometimes there's things in our life that we're being honest with God, wherever we are, God, take me to here, but there's junk in our trunk that we need to give to him, that we need to give up, that's actually stopping us from getting to where we're at. I'm not saying that it's, it's, that we're going to walk on water. But God, as you're praying, God is going to give you this thing, this thing that's in your life that like he does with me, what's in your house. That's what God's going to do. Elijah next said, Elijah said, go and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour the oil into all the jars as, you, as each is filled, put one aside. Now this is the faith time, Okay. Remember, this is a woman that's pretty much destitute. Her own kids are getting it hauled off. Okay? She's got absolutely nothing. She's embarrassed herself. She's gone to God. She goes as prophet. And how many times in your life you've walked up to your best friend and you want to you, you puke on him and you tell him this horrible day you're having, and he says to you, basically, what's in your house? You know, or, or he says something to you like, well, you, you just need to pray about it. And you're like, what? what? That, that's not going to work. This lady, when, he, when I'm sure when she walked up to him and said, he gives her this, fill the jars, she's thinking at home she's got this much oil. Okay? She's thinking she's got this much oil, and he wants her, she doesn't have enough to fill one pot. Okay? So she's thinking he is telling her something, that this is where faith comes in. She, the next thing she did is she does exactly what he told her to do. She, le- she left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another. But he replied, there is not a jar left then all the oil stopped flowing. She actually went from faith to having to do something, okay? She, she stepped out and did this crazy thing and because it was probably crazy to her, but she wanted to be obedient. God is gonna, as you're praying for this, God is gonna come to you and tell you something that's gonna seem absolutely crazy to you. Okay? It's not going to make sense. God is going to go up to you and say, I'm not sure what he's going to tell you, put on your heart. And I, I'm refraining from saying things because I want God to speak to you guys. I don't want to be an eye. I want to be led just by him. But it says, when that lady, I'm sure she goes in, the, she goes in there, she pours all this thing. And I'm sure if she had told anyone what she was doing, they would have said she was crazy, wouldn't she? They would have said she was absolutely nuts for doing what she was doing. But she goes home and does it through faith and action, and it happens. Sometimes when, sometimes a season of faith, a season of crazy, in the next season can be faith. That's why he said shut the door. Because he didn't want 
the neighbor going, are you crazy, lady? Taking her faith and her belief and doing anything to that other than her belief. That's why he asked him to shut the door. Because if she'd have let it open and someone got, you're borrowing pots for what? Your kids are going around getting pots. You're borrowing kids. Let me talk to your mom. Let me go talk to your mom. Let me tell your mom she needs to look for a husband. She needs to do something other than pour this much oil into a whole lot of pots. And the other thing is, if you notice in the story, I can't remember this, once she went and got all the pots that your sons could, okay? Just get as many jars as you can. She went and got them. But once her... Once what she was prepared for, every, all the pots that she had, she was prepared for the oil. Once, she, once they were full, it ran out. And I think that's where we've been in our lives. I'm preparing for one step more. That's why, that's why I haven't seen more than I can imagine. That's why there's been delays in our lives. That's why, because we, we have just been preparing for what we expect. And God doesn't want to do what we expect. He wants to do more than we can imagine. And so I want to, I want people tonight, men and women tonight, I want you guys start preparing for businesses, preparing for things in your life. I want everyone to start preparing for their finances. Finances that you don't have and there's absolutely no reason. I want someone to go up and say, Mike, I want someone to look at you and go, you are absolutely crazy. I had, I, had a, I had a man come to me and said to me, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but I had a man in this church come to me three, four months ago and say, hey, God told me today to quit my job. He's got kids. He's got a family. He's got bills. He's got everything. And I'm thinking, oh, God told you that. Okay, I'm sure hoping God told you that because... That could get pretty ugly. And, and he actually told that to some other people. And I remember hearing that that sounds crazy. No work is great. Life is good. Things are, he's on his way up in this company. And all of a sudden, God tells him to quit his job. I heard people talk about him. Oh, he's kind of crazy. Within a couple months, he had a better job than he had before. Or actually, within, within a week, I think, he had a better job than he had before. And that job wasn't even on the horizon when he decided to quit his job, talk with his wife and quit his job. But what he did, we need to not, don't do what you expect, guys. Do not do what, what comes normal. You do not want to be in this place in the same position wearing the same T-shirt next year. 2020 is not that for Christian. 2020 is for more than you ask for or can imagine. That's what the word says, but that's what we need to prepare for. I have actually brought these with you with me tonight, and I gave every one of you guys, because on mine, on the green side, I have written on mine, church, business, pantry, God, the men of God. I wanna build a closer bond with these men of God in this church. They have something for me too. I wanted my health, kids. I have this written on the green side. I want all you guys to go home, pray, write on this. And I want, these are the crazy things. These are the things that your wife's going to look at you and go, praise God, he's a man of God. Because, uh, and you're going to look at your wife and go, thinking back your head, uh, honey, you probably should have talked with me about this first, maybe, you know. But I want husbands and wives and, and men and women, write on this. Write the things that are crazy to you. Pray to God and then start preparing for them. Leave it in your house. I have two, one for my business, I'm gonna leave on my desk, one for my house. I want, I want people to come over and go, oh, what's that for? I'm gonna tell them what I'm believing for. I want them to say I'm crazy. 2020 is not gonna be the same for me and my family. 2020 is not gonna be the same unless you guys, it, we have to be prepared for it. Okay, well, I hope I gave you guys something tonight. <laughs> so, Pastor Paul. Hey, go. Okay. 
So it's Quinn's. I, I, you know, I was going to say it and I didn't say it. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to say it? But it is Quinn's birthday. Happy birthday, Quinn. Happy birthday. I would sing, but it would be terrible. And we have another birthday coming up on Saturday. Elder Lee's birthday. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday. Do we have other birthdays? Oh, Judy Tripaldi. Get on Facebook. She loves Facebook. And tell her you love her. Tell her happy birthday. And give her one of those Pentecostal handshakes on Sunday morning. Tell you love her. Yeah, birthdays are awesome. So happy birthday, guys. Pastor Matt, awesome message. I got tons of notes. Good stuff. And that, until Sunday, your only obligation between now and Sunday is to, well, but yeah, Friday, you got the marriage and you got the golden ladies and all that. But your, your obligation between now and Sunday is to invite someone to church, one. And number two, write your wildly unimaginable dreams on your little card and put it up somewhere and tell everybody about it. and Let them call you crazy and just say, you know what, my Jesus loves me. My Jesus loves me. I'm his favorite. I love that, Pastor Matt. You're God's favorite in your mind. Yeah, that's what it's all about. God's favor in your life is there. Honor that presence in your life. Accept it as if it's real. Accept it as it's more real than what you're facing in your life. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you tonight. Bless every person in this place. God, you've already done it. It's finished work. Cause us to have a hunger and thirst for your word and walk in it all the days of our lives. Maybe some of you in this room who need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, greatest gift you could ever receive, greatest asset you could ever have. If that's you tonight, with every eye closed, every head bowed, just slip your hand up and say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior tonight. Just slip that hand up. It's easy. It's easy. We're going to say the prayer together. I see that hand. Get ready. We're going to say the prayer. And I'm telling you, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Okay? So we're all going to say this together tonight. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, Come live inside of me. May I be a vessel of your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, we have a couple of uh, people up here that would love to give you a Bible and pray for you. Please come and see them. Let them know. you got to let somebody know. Let that light so shine in you.